1: Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 150. In this episode, you're gonna hear from Francesca Alejandra, and she is a self-worth and empowerment coach. She talks about human design. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned, because I didn't either, but you'll hear it from Francesca herself. And she also does energy here energy healing and Oracle and Tarot. So you're gonna to want to hear from Francesca. She has so many great things to share. And she's absolutely a badass. She made a move from, like, Chile to the United States without knowing anybody. There's just so many great nuggets in her story. And she talks about overcoming her eating disorder. So, absolutely, make sure you check out this episode if that sounds at all of interest to you. And then, at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the It's Not About the Numbers Challenge. It's a new challenge And if you've ever struggled with your weight or with being in debt or your finances, you're definitely going to want to jump on this challenge and you'll hear more at the end. And also check out the podcast notes. Then you'll see the link to sign up. All right, let's hear from Francesca. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Francesca Alejandra. Francesca, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? To be honest, I consider myself to be both.
2: I consider myself to be just another person like anyone else, however, um, I think what makes me a badass is just the desire of more than the desire, the determination to really follow in my heart, which is the hardest thing to do for most people.
1: So why do you say that it's the hardest thing to do?
2: I think it's just like making that choice and follow through. It's deciding to stop being so cut up with what people expect from you and really follow what you want to do, what you desire, what you deserve, you know, like just
1: go after the life you want. So is there anything that you do to kind of pull yourself back to center to back to what you want?
2: Yeah, I try to check in with me daily and really be mindful of how am I spending my time, be mindful of where am I going? I always ask myself that question: What am I doing right now that is pulling me towards the place that I want to go, or what it's holding me back, and why am I allowing that to hold me back? And then do the work around it.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, we often forget to check in with ourselves and see you know, how we're feeling. Or I know for me, like something that I struggled with for a long time was like paying attention to my body because your body kind of gives you signals about how you're feeling, but um, it's good to check in with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, your body always gives you, you know, signals and we tend to ignore our body so much. And what we normally do, it's actually numbing our body, you know, with distractions, with food, with relationships, just anything. And it's so important to, to sometimes to stop and feeling, you know, what's going on inside of you and let yeah. that inform you.
1: Yeah. And I'm writing that down because I like that phrase, like numbing your body because it is. And then the more you do that, the more you get accustomed to just ignoring it and numbing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a cycle that I'm very aware of because personally I, I have I've been dealing with, and I would say now, and I'm in a really good place compared to like my entire journey, but I've been dealing with eating disorders for over 20 years. And so I know what
1: it's numbing like, you know, Right, right. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's huge. I can't wait to dive in and to hear more of your story, but first, will you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah. So I am a self-worth and empowerment coach. I also do human design readings. Uh, I've been doing it for a few years already. Um, and I also, whenever I can, I do theater here in the community where I
1: live. Yeah. So I have to be honest, before we got on this call, <laughs> I looked up what a human design coach was or <laughs> because I didn't know. So can you explain it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of new, not that new, but, you know, compared with like astrology and other similar things, it's kind of new. And I always explain it as something similar to astrology, but it goes a lot deeper and it's actually a mix between different um, modalities like astrology and the I Ching, um, the chakra system, um, also um, biochemistry um, genetics it has a little bit of science and also some spiritual you know spirituality mixing in it so yeah it's complex but it, it's really really interesting and it's basically it gives you like the blueprint of your soul all your strengths all your gifts um, and all the ways that
1: your body operates energetically so why would somebody get a human design coach or what, what's the benefit? So the reading, it's basically
2: to gain self-awareness uh, to me personally, it gave me permission to realize that so many things that I was fighting about myself, like some certain traits that I have um, are actually part of my design and the way I am wired. Um, and it also helps you to move through life with, uh, less resistance because if you honor your strategy, your authority and um, really use your strengths and your potential, then you're better prepared for life. you know it's like it's really interesting and helpful just by itself. How has it helped you or changed your life? To me, it's been uh, the way I make decisions. It's really listening to my intuition a lot more, Um, the way I approach people and situations as well, Um, really honoring uh, that I'm wired to be a little introverted. And so for a long time, I was like, oh, why do I isolate myself so much? And it's in my archetype. It's right there. It's like I need time alone. It's like, you know, the way I recharge my energy as well. So there were so many aspects to it that have been very helpful um, in my personal life, the way I relate with other people, uh, the way I do business, the way I share about my journey as well. Um, So yeah, it's been really, really helpful for me.
1: Yes. And I can totally relate. (laughs) When you talked about being an introvert, that's absolutely me. Um, And I grew up. And I was one of six kids and I was like the only introvert. So I was kind of the odd one. Or I always thought like, okay, why do I always need to be by myself? But there's definitely something to say about getting to your, or by yourself and recharging if that's what you need, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's been been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you're a self-worth coach and empowerment coach. What is something that your clients commonly struggle with?
2: Normally it's confidence. It's confidence, it's uh feeling worthy, feeling deserving, uh, feeling that they have something to contribute to the world. They usually don't see their potential and their talents that are very, very obvious. Like I've had clients that are writers and they send me like, Oh yeah, I'm starting this book, They're like, would you like to read my first chapter? And I'm like, please send it out. And it's Amazing, and I'm like, how come you don't see that you're awesome? You know, so I get a lot of people like that, very talented, and um, I'm also I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the Enneagram, but I am an Enneagram four. So that feeling of being, you know, kind of like unworthy or broken, it's very common in the Enneagram four, and most of my clients are
1: Enneagram four. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So. What is something, you know, if you're lacking confidence or you don't see how you can contribute, what is something that you suggest that your clients do um, so that they can increase their confidence? Yeah. So I have a,
2: a whole framework that is actually called worthy. And uh, part of the framework, it's really recognizing your strengths. It's like sometimes going back to uh, all the situations that you have faced in your life. Because it's very hard sometimes to see it yourself, you know, all the times that you have been, uh, you have shown like amazing resilience or very like strong in in that hard situation or um, so all the challenges that you have overcome in the past. Um, Sometimes also asking people around you, what do you come to me for like what are my strengths you know like finding all those things and I use different techniques for that like one will be you know journaling about past situations or asking your friends or um, human design for example it's a big tool that I use uh, also with my clients Um, so it's basically seeing your strengths and starting to value all the things that you already have and then Uh, the confidence also it's built uh, by doing things, you know, so you got to take those steps and it's the hardest thing ever, but it's the only way that you can build that confidence. It's like seeing your strengths and taking that step and then, Oh, it feels icky and it feels like it's not, you know, perfect. Of course it won't be, you know? Um, And then do it again and doing it again. And that's how you build confidence and that's how you move forward too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think action is so important. Um, and I know like one thing that's always helped me is no matter when I'm starting something new, I'm like, okay, no matter where I am five years from now, I'm always going to be embarrassed by where I was at today. You know, the <laughs> beginnings are always embarrassing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like. It doesn't even matter how perfect you try to get it, no matter what, you know, after you have some experience under your belt, it's going to, it's going to be embarrassing to you. (laughs) Right,
2: right, right. right.
1: So yeah, what do you do when you start to feel like you're lacking confidence in a certain area?
2: I mean, to be honest, it's always a struggle because we always have that resistance, no matter how many things you do, always, especially when you're starting something new, There's this like fear and this like sort of like vulnerability, you know, of doing something new and knowing that it's not going to be great, most likely, um, but still taking those steps. So what I do, it's like taking responsibility. That's what I that's part of what I teach to my clients as well. It's like, okay, we need to take ownership, you know, and it's like, okay, if I want to do this, I have to take those steps you know and being accountable to myself and um so yeah I basically I start committing I've been uh thinking about starting a podcast for example for months and I'm telling you like probably like last year December November last year and I've been pushing it and pushing it and uh, let's say in the March or April I found the song that I wanted and I found, but I couldn't take any steps I'm like I had sort of like an idea and then finally yesterday I'm like okay I'm buying the rights for the song I am telling the world that I'm doing it and I posted it on in my Instagram stories I'm like starting my podcast launches in November 2nd that's it that's how you do it you
1: know now I love it
2: you know of course I'm terrified and I'm like well most likely it will suck or at the beginning you know because it's like you're learning like it's that's the only way you can do it but
1: you have to yes yes no I think it's always scary like trying new things or do like pushing your comfort zone but in any way does it get easier the more you start to um, push your comfort zone and do things you're not always you know well comfortable with a little bit redundant but
2: <laughs> right yeah definitely I think it gets easier um but again like you always go for the things that are bigger so there's always that you know because otherwise you don't grow you don't grow from you know as you're staying your comfort zone you gotta push yourself so um I think it doesn't get that much easier but you get used to being uncomfortable. I think that's a secret. It's like being comfortable, being uncomfortable, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, what is it they say? New levels, new devils? (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think something that we often struggle with is this imposter syndrome, this feeling like we're not enough or somebody could do it better than we could do it. What do you say to that? I think that's something that
2: everybody has, everybody. It's like when we try to, I mean, of course we need to overcome that, but I feel like I've seen it with people that I think they're way further than me and they're amazing, incredible. And they tell me sometimes, you know, Francesca, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I think, oh my gosh, what if all my clients go away? What if they think that I'm a failure what if they think that I'm not enough or I'm you know th- like those fears everybody has those fears and those doubts um so I think it's more about recognizing it uh, accepting it and then still moving forward yeah feelings because it's also I mean it's also a sign that you really care about what you're doing. You know, you want to do something that is valuable. You want to do something that is significant and, and helpful for other people as well. And so, you know, you can see it from that side as well and say, well, I want to do things right,
1: you know? Right. And that's a great point because it's like, if you're worried about it and concerned about it, chances are you're not going to put crap out into the world anyway, because you're, you want to put out, you know, the best thing that you can. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that um, people probably see you and they're like, oh, Francesca, she's a badass. You know, she has it all together. But we all go through these hardships and these struggles. Can you share with us a hardship or a struggle that you've gone through to get to where you are today? Oh my gosh there's so many <laughs> I don't know where to start
2: <laughs> yeah I feel like but I think that's what makes people a badass you know it's going through all those struggles and building that resilience and learning and growing and keep pushing because I feel like my entire life it's been exactly that it's like my eating disorders that's been my biggest struggle Um, you know, I, I had depression at some point in my life when I was in high school. Um, and then I was working as a physical therapist and I felt really unfulfilled. And then I, you know, decided to start over and I left my home country and, you know, I came here and started from zero without knowing anyone. And so it's always been that, sort of like struggling but also growing and I love that honestly and that I I always try to share uh, my struggles with people including my clients because I feel that that's what make us relatable you know, because I am, I am so far from perfect and I'm so far from not struggling. I struggle all the time. You know, if it's not anxiety, it's like, oh, fear about something or feeling unworthy because you, sometimes you still feel unworthy and you still feel like you're not enough and criticize your body or whatever that is, you know? Um, So it's such an important part of growth and Becoming who you really are. It's like going through all those struggles and learning from it.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I've, now I've got to ask you about moving to a new country without knowing anybody. What were you feeling like before you took that leap? And <laughs> what encouraged you, or how did you give yourself permission to do that? I want to hear about that journey.
2: Yeah. So it was, I wanted to do it. I was thinking and about it for like, uh, at least one year, year and a half. And I was trying to get my physical therapist license here. But then I also knew that I hated my career. So I'm like, okay, what's the point? I'm going to go from, you know, it's like, I'm going to change locations, but I'm going to still doing something I hate. So what's the point? Um, And then the process, it was just getting so slow. And I was feeling very frustrated And then my dad one day, it was my birthday, and he told me, okay, I got something for you. Take it or leave it. Um, I got you a plane ticket. And how about you go check it out, see if you even like it, and then make a decision. You know, you're doing all this work. You're trying to get this like license um, so bad, and then maybe you will hate it there. So how about you do it? And I was terrified. I'm like, no. And I literally thought 40 reasons why it was a horrible idea. And, but then in my heart, you know, in my heart, it felt expansive. It was like this, like that spark of light. And I'm like, I had to just choose my heart at that point. And I'm like, okay, worst thing can happen. It's like, I come back, I hate it and I come back and then whatever, then I can think of something else, you know? Um, and so I did it and I told my dad, I want the plane ticket and I want it for like two weeks from now, because if if I think too much or too long, I'm not going to do it, you know? So that's pretty much how it was. It was like, something like that. And then I came for a few months and I, and I loved it. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's where I belong. And so then I went back and then I did all the things to move, um, you know, definitely to, to the U S and I, it's been the best decision I have made in my entire life. It changed my entire life.
1: Yeah. So what country did you move from? Um and how long have you been in the US now? So I moved from Chile, South
2: America, and I've been here for 7 years.
1: So yeah. I have I have to say your dad, he's a badass. I love oh that God. he did that because I mean that's so hard, especially to, you know, have your kid move across country, but he kind of put your needs ahead of uh, ahead of his own it sounds like because he could see how much you wanted it
2: yeah i mean he was up until this point i will i always tell him like you like it was you you know you give you give me that push like you know like try it boom go and then my mom every time they fight it's like she's like it's your fault that my you know my girl left it. <laughs> that's it's funny uh but yeah it it really it changed my entire life like everything i am everything i have achieved and not only achieved in terms of like you know um uh, success quote unquote because i don't consider myself successful or anything you know i'm i'm still in a path of you know growing and healing and doing all these things but it definitely changed my life and who i am it's like i'm a different person and all the healing that i got um for my eating disorders, that was one thing. And then also finding within myself that I don't know, like that badassing <laughs> sort of uh side of me, you know, that I was always in there, but like seeing myself and knowing that I am capable of things that I wasn't that I never thought I would be capable of, you know like moving by myself, not knowing anybody, like building a life of my
1: own. And it's been incredible. Yes. It sounds both terrifying and like absolutely thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how it was. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) So what did you do once you got here to like meet new people? I know that can be hard, (laughs) like stepping out of your comfort zone and meeting new people. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, I remember when I first got here, I was in this hotel room and of course I didn't pack that much. So, I remember being in bed and I got something um yeah, I called the uh, restaurant whatever in the same hotel, got food from uh room service and then I remember I panicked for like <laughs> for like 10 minutes. I looked at my um yeah, all my clothes and stuff and I'm like oh, shit what did I do like what (laughs) you know what am I gonna do like I'm all by myself it's terrifying but then I I don't know I remember I closed my eyes I meditated for like 10-15 minutes and then I calmed down and I never felt terrified again it was weird it was just like this I trusted it so much and I could feel that I was doing the right thing and Life showed me that too, because it was so easy to get to know people and get my life going, finding a place to live and then working and then just finding the right people and new friends and pretty much family, people that I will call my family now. So, yeah, I feel like life kind of like showed me,
1: right? It's the Uh right thing. What did that whole experience teach you?
2: God, that I, I am way stronger than I thought. That I am capable of way more than I think. Even now. Like, even now that I think, like, where am I going to be in five years from now? You know, and I get all excited because it's like, wow. Like, it's really realizing that you are so capable of so much more than you think because i was also very shy i've always been shy and always felt very powerless and always felt like i needed my family to survive or i needed a husband i needed to get married i needed to have someone to save me and then experiencing the opposite it's just so powerful
1: yes i love that so it's I love how you put that. And then it's also like, okay, your life can change so much in just five years. You know, like we underestimate how much we can accomplish or how much change we can make in just five years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also
2: like how your life can change in only one decision you make. It's just, it takes one decision to change your your entire life. And that's something I learned. It's like, if I hadn't had come, I haven't had, hadn't had take that uh, plane ticket. Where would I be
1: today? You know, it's just one choice. Yeah. And sometimes I find that like, and I fall into this trap sometimes too. Like we think it has to be like the big choice, the big thing that like changes everything. But a lot of times it's just the small ones that make it life-changing. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And also like, knowing that you don't have to have it all figured out before making a decision. You know, it's like, it's just choosing the right next step and that's it. That's all you need. You will never, because honestly, if you had asked me like seven or seven years ago, where would I be like today? I will never, ever, ever imagine the journey I've had so far, you know? Yeah. I imagine myself being a physical therapist somewhere. I don't know, in Alabama. I don't know. Like, seriously, like I would never, ever
1: have pictured this. So then it's, it's, you're not doing physical therapy now, or are you? Mm -mm.
2: No, I never pursued the, the physical therapy thing. I, I kind of like abandoned the process halfway. Um, and honestly, I don't regret it. I don't think I will be happy working as a physical therapist. Like I'm happy. I, 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 there's many things I learned and I'm grateful for that, but it's not my passion, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if you making the step to move, like change that for you. Cause if you had stayed where you were, maybe you would have just kept going down that path, even though it wasn't what you wanted to do anymore. Oh, absolutely.
2: And because life, you know, I feel like the universe always tests you. Uh, right after I decided to come here, I got a great job opportunity back home. An opportunity that I was waiting for for so long in a hospital working with kids. And I'm like, <gasps> but I knew it. I'm like, if I take this job right now, I'm not going to go. And that's it. So I had to turn it down.
1: Yeah. And Can you talk about that a little bit more, how the universe always tests you, like what you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I feel like it's, it's a way of saying, are you sure that this is what you want? And do you trust me also? It's like having that trust and really showing that, um, what do you want? It's like being very specific about what you want? It's like, I made the decision and then it's like, okay, here's a shiny carrot, you know, here's the job. And then I don't know, like I, I, there was a guy back home that I had this like
0: huge
2: crush on like for years and years. And then we ended up like cooking up before I came and I was like the same thing. It's like, Oh no, I'm not staying for him. You know, I'm not (laughs) staying for this job. It's like, I'm going, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like the same thing happens here sometimes when I have, because I've been trying to call in a partner into my life. And I believe that part of the process, it's also saying no to the things that don't align, you know, because otherwise it's like energetically, if you think about it, if you're calling in something very specific, okay, I want a partner that, that it's for example, emotionally available and one's commitment and all that stuff. But then I just settle with someone that it's, isn't that, and it's unavailable or whatever. It's like, you're showing to the universe, like, this is like, I will settle for this, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why that, that kind of reminds me, um, like also just this is probably completely way off, but um, as far as receiving, like sometimes women, we have a tough time receiving good things. And if we don't receive like the small good things, how are we going to receive, you know, big things that are great if we refuse to receive the small things? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And that has to do a lot with, you know, feeling worthy, feeling deserving. And Yeah. yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible to manifest money or love or anything if you are not ready to receive absolutely
1: I agree so now I just my mind just went (laughs) (laughs) oh got it (laughs) I wanted to talk a little bit about your eating disorder Mm -hmm. um can you share with us like how that started and also how you ended up getting out of that hmm.
2: So it started, I want to say, pretty early in life. I was 13 when I started to with bulimia. Um, but I want to say that the first time I thought my body wasn't beautiful or wasn't normal or, you know, I don't know how to even say it. But when the first time I thought there was something wrong with my, the way I looked, I was eight years old. So I think it was pretty early on, but the first time I actually benched and then throw up, I was 13 and I went from bulimia to anorexia and then binge eating disorder. And then bulimia again, I feel like bulimia, it's been like the longest, you know, and it was like on and off, on and off. But uh, yeah, that was like 20, 20 something years in my life. Um, it was the majority of my life, basically it's been, uh, yeah, being in that, in that path and get out of it. It's, it's hard. I feel like it requires a lot of healing in so many areas, you know, it's like, you got to learn how to nourish your body and, you know, eating foods that are good for you. It's like balancing what I call like, you know, the brain and then balancing the hormones and, you know, balancing your, your body. Um, then it's working with all your trauma, with your childhood issues, inner child, all that stuff. Um, and then learning to really... Listening, not only listening, but feeling your emotions, you know, and not being afraid of that. Because I feel like that's the whole numbing thing. It's like not wanting to deal with a certain situation, emotion. So life gets harder in a way, you know, when you're not numbing. It's like, okay, now I have to face this thing. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like you live fully, which is the beauty of it. Because when you numb, you numb both sides of the spectrum, I feel like you numb the bad things, but also the good things
1: that like you don't allow yourself to feel fully. So powerful. I love it. Yeah. I, I think that we often think like we're being stronger by numbing, but mm-hmm. actually, you know, the stronger thing and the healthier thing tends to be going through the pain, feeling it as it's coming, um, which can be hard. <laughs> it is really hard.
2: And even if you, cause sometimes what I do, it's like, um, like a conscious numbing that I call, you know, when it's like, okay, I know what's going on. I'm really tired today. I'm going to allow myself to just watch Netflix tonight, or, you know, I'm going to go and eat that ice cream tonight. And I know it's not the right thing, but I'm going to have, I'm going to be compassionate with my decision tonight. I'm not going to, you know, Blame. I like put any shame or blame uh, on what I'm doing, and yeah, I'm gonna deal with this tomorrow. I'm gonna take a little break, but I'm gonna have that compassion.
1: Yeah, and that can be so helpful. I know um, a couple of years back, I had lost a loved one, and a counselor suggested, "Okay, you don't have to cry at work. You don't have to be upset at work. But every day at four o'clock, when you get home from work, then you can cry. You can be upset for a half an hour or an hour, and use that time to cry it out and." I found that easier to, so I didn't feel like I was ignoring the problem or I didn't feel like I was ignoring the person that died, but I was also able to deal with my emotions.
2: Mm, it's so important.
1: Yeah. It, it's really, really
2: powerful. So going back to, to what it means to like really get out of a situation like that and heal, it's just a process and it comes in layers, you know, cause I still, I feel like I still have body dysmorphia, like I'm very conscious about it um, but the thing is like I don't let that ruining my life it's like before like years ago I will wake up and if I feel bloated or if I because I don't weigh myself anymore either but I will weigh myself and like oh my gosh I gained three pounds okay I'm not gonna wear shorts for a week I'm not gonna go to a beach I'm not gonna go out with anyone you know I'm gonna stay home and eat salads every day <laughs> you know that kind of thing so now it's like, no, I just eat normal. I'm bloated today. Oh, well, what can I do? I'm going to wear something more comfortable. I'm not going to be looking at myself in the mirror the entire day. Uh, and I'm going to just eat normal. Like nothing has happened, you know, instead of like continuing that cycle of restricting and then binging and then restricting,
1: and, you know. Is there anything that you say to yourself um, when you're thinking negative thoughts about your body? Um,
2: yeah, I feel like I, I pretty much ignore it. I mean, I, I listen to it and I'm like, oh, to it, oh my gosh, I'm so bloated. Okay. And I just let it go. It's like, okay, next thing, you know, I don't get obsessed with it. And I don't keep feeding those thoughts that I know that are not true. Or if they're true, they're not helpful. You know, it's like, yeah. you think about it, our body changes every single day. Like ourselves change everything changes and so yeah I just try to um I've done a lot of work in self-esteem as well you know a lot of work and actually something that I still do every single day I have this little bag with uh, different words it's like I don't know beautiful, resourceful, intelligent, like different words. And I always pull out three words and I put it in my fridge. It's like little magnets. And those are my words for the day. And I've been doing that for years and it's just a little thing, but it makes me feel good every day. It's like, Oh, well today I am full of life and I am, you know, in shape and I am resourceful, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a,
1: it's a lot of work, but it's worthy. I think the things that we say about ourselves, like, especially after I am like, we should be intentional about those. And I I get it. We all say something sometimes. Um, But I like, for many years, I would try to be like, I am strong, I am capable, I will overcome, I will survive. And I would say that to myself every single day, just to kind of remind myself, like, I can get through this, you know, and it just kind of became ingrained in my memory.
2: Yeah, it's definitely powerful. And also, like, what I've been doing it's like no identifying myself with certain words it's like for example if I feel I don't know depressed it's like it's not like I am depressed it's like Mm -hmm. I feel you know depressed or I feel this way or I think this way but it's not like I am it's not attaching that to myself you know Cause feelings like really come and go all the time. So I feel like it's also separating myself and my worthiness from anything that, uh, it's happening in the moment, you know?
1: Yeah. And it can be just like the teeny tiny phrase or just a switch of a word that can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. So what would you, if somebody has a friend or a loved one struggling with an eating disorder, What is a way they can support them or help them? I feel like the best
2: way is just being there. And being there means you might not be able to help that person because for something like that, it's literally the person needs to make that decision of healing and ask for help. But just being there, uh, being present, I think that's really helpful because it's very lonely. It's a. It's very, very lonely. You isolate yourself completely, and it's super, super painful. So I guess like being there, it's really important. And for the person who is facing that, it's like really knowing that there, there are you know solutions and healing. It's it's real. You know it happens, but it requires commitment and work. And I feel like sometimes for people, or that happened to me, at least I had to hit rock bottom before decided to actually heal. I got to a point when I'm like, okay, I feel like if I don't do anything about this, like I would rather die because this is not living, you know, this is not the life I want. And so,
1: yeah, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. And I mean, I think it can be hard for friends, family, loved ones to stand by and watch it happening. Um, And sometimes people just avoid it because they don't know what to say, but I like how you say, just be there. It's just be, yeah,
2: just be there in any way you can. Um, And then it's really up to the other person. It's so hard.
1: Yeah. So Francesca, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. Mm. So the only thing I will say is be
2: brave. It's like, be brave to really listen to your heart. It's like, what do I really want? What's the life that I really want? And you never know. I I heard this from someone years ago and I love this um, like little illustration of what I'm trying to say. It's like, When you go skydiving, you are never afraid. The part when you're afraid of, it's like when you are in the plane, right? The anticipation, not when you're falling. Once you're falling, there's like freedom, right? There's no fear. It's like, oh, you're present, you're there. And all the fear comes during the anticipation of it. And the same happens when you're going to make decision that can be like you said it can be small it can be big but it's like you you gotta just go through that first fear or resistance that it's your mind telling you not to because you're afraid and it's dangerous or whatever you're feeling all this like oh you don't want to do it but once you jump you know there's this freedom there's this like beauty on the other side and also you really never know all the things that you're going to gain when you make a decision or when you follow your heart um, one step at a time. It's like you don't know. It's like we always, our brain, it's wired to tell you all the reasons uh, that all the things that can go wrong, right, when you're going to do something new. Um, But you actually don't know all the wonderful things that can happen on the other side.
1: So o- that in mind. Yes. O to beers. Listen to Francesca. Follow your heart and just jump. I love it. So Francesca, how can we connect with you?
2: So, um, well, I have my website is uh, empoweringuniqueness.com. Uniqueness, uh, like you, you. <laughs> um, and then uh, Instagram as well, empowering uniqueness, And Facebook, Francesca Alejandra.
1: Francesca, you have been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been so fun. Thank you. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Wasn't the interview with Francesca amazing? If you liked it, make sure to tune in on Thursday to hear why Francesca is so badass. Of course. You listen to this episode, so you get it. I'm sure you already know, but I'll share my perspective on it. And then, a challenge coming up called It's Not About the Numbers. So, if you're ever focused on the scale, or focused on how much money you have in your bank account, or what your credit score is, you definitely want to join It's Not About the Numbers challenge, because we are going to address these factors. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, um, also in the podcast notes so sign up for it's not about the numbers challenge if you're tired of focusing on the numbers on the scale or you're tired of focusing on the numbers in your bank account let's make a change together all right with that i will talk to you on thursday my friend
0: now that you've listened to this episode of ordinary to badass we want to hear from you Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt and get back in the arena.